Hi everyone, this is Michelle with thehorse.com and I am your host tonight for our Ask the Vet Live. Tonight our topic is cold weather care and it's sponsored by Sweet PDZ Stall Freshener. We're joined tonight by our experts, uh, Dr. Casey Gruber from Moore Equine Veterinary Center in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and Dr. Christina Cable, who is a co-owner of Early Winter Equine in Lansing, New York. Uh, welcome, doctors. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so I have to ask uh, uh, Dr. Gruber, up in Canada, um, what, how cold is it right now? Well, today's not too bad. It's uh, it's probably about uh, minus minus two today Celsius. So um, that's bearable. Last week um, we were down to minus twenty twenty five around Calgary. So uh, winter's definitely on its way. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed it here in Bend, Oregon too. How about how about you, Doctor Cable? Winter is just starting here, but we're having a little bit more milder weather in the 40s right now. So in, today it was sunny and beautiful, so it was very pleasant to work outside. But you both are, are very equipped to help answer some of these questions we've received from our audience uh, members about winter care. I want to let everyone know, first, thank you for sending in questions ahead of time. Uh, the doctors and I will be addressing blanketing, some general questions about winter horse care, nutrition, feeding our horses when, when it gets a little chillier, exercise and turnout this time of year, and also hoof care. Uh, if you've submitted questions regarding those topics, uh, just follow along with us um, and hopefully we'll get to your questions. If we haven't or you have a follow-up question, you can enter it onto the page in front of you and send it in and our news editor Erica Larson is fielding those questions and we'll be sending them my way so that uh, the doctors can address them. But let's go ahead and start out because the big question, the big category of questions we received from our audience were about blanketing horses. And I know I I struggle with this myself uh, because I live in an area where we have huge swings in temperatures each day. So Dr. Cable, I want to start with you with Ramona Taylor's question. And she wants to know uh, when is it appropriate to start blanketing and what temperatures should you go by to blanket your horses? Sure. Thanks, Ramona, for the question. Um, my um, take on blanketing and horses is there really are rules for blanketing. It all, there's so many variables. You really have to take everything in talk about all the different variables. So all of it has to do with the age of the horse, condition of the horse. Um, you know, it, it's a whole and Dr. Cable, I'm going to have to interrupt yeah. you. We're, we're having a little bit of a sound problem Okay. Um, with your line. Okay, is no. that better now? That is better. Let's try that. Okay. okay. But I'll just continue. So the condition of the horse, there's a nice layer of, um, of fat or how much muscle the horse has. The hair coat, whether there's a long hair coat. You know, some horses grow lovely long hair coats in the winter, and other horses just never seem to get a good hair coat going. And you have to look at, you know, is the horse being exercised regularly? So is it clipped? Is it completely body clipped? Is it just a trace clip? Or is it non-clipped? Um, and is there shelter outside? Um, being indoors at night, of course, is fine. Um, but when they're outside, you really have to worry about is there a wind chill effect? Is there any precipitation? Or is there shelter where the horses can get out of um, the weather? And so those are really the main things that we have to consider for horses during that time can gauge when to blanket, what type of blanket. There's so many tricks. Um, some people use stable blankets only when inside, and then when they go outside, um, they have nice turnout rugs on all these factors. Um, I sort of use a gauge for my own horses um, based on temperature, and I'm going to use Fahrenheit here. But um, my general rule is for my own horses, if they haven't been clipped yet, so they have a moderate hair coat, once we start getting close to 40 degrees um, and they're going to be inside, then I'll maybe put just um, a turnout sheet, no blanket. But if they're going to be outside and there's a chance it's going to rain during the day and they're going to get wet, because once horses get wet, they really start to struggle to maintain their um, normal body temperature. So if it's going to be wet, um, then I'll put certainly on a rain sheet to help keep them dry, something that's you know, water resistant. Um, 
Otherwise, I'll leave them unblanketed if the weather's going to be warmer than that. And once you start getting below 20 degrees and you are going to have some precipitation or some wind, then you start looking at putting like a heavy weight or a medium weight with a sheet on top. Okay. And we have a question that's come in from our live audience, um, and it's from Kay in Mississippi, and she wants to know if horses' ears need to be protected. A lot of hoods have holes uh, in them, and the horse's ears stick out. Dr. Gruber, do you have any comments on that? Yeah, it is a good question, and it's probably something that's overlooked by a lot of people. But, um, uh, yes, depending on uh, how severe the the weather is, um, you know, the ears are definitely prone to um, things like frostbite. Um, however, if the horse has, um, you know, a thick, um, well-defined mane, that does provide them some protection over their ears. But um, I would say certainly w when in doubt and the weather drops down, um, uh, a hood with ear protectors would be a good idea, especially uh, if it is wet, snowing, or rain, uh, like Dr. Cable mentioned, uh, that will um, put these guys at a, uh, more of a discomfort and a higher risk for things like frostbite. Okay. And do you, both of you, and maybe I'll start with Dr. Cable, do you prefer a horse to be too warm or too cold when it comes to blanketing? Well, I, I don't like horses to be too cold because then they really will struggle to maintain their body temperature. Um, and then they can lose weight pretty drastically if they're very cold. But I also don't like horses to sweat underneath their blankets. So I usually recommend that people check their horses, you know, in the morning, really pay attention to the weather forecast. If it's going to be sunny where they're really going to get warm outside, pay attention to that. Um, and then remove blankets as necessary. But I'd rather them be just a little bit warm rather than outside shivering. And Dr. Gruber, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I think it's just I think it's just important to note that um, uh, when and if you decide to go ahead and start blanketing your horse, um, you need to be more attentive to changes in weather, like Dr. Cable mentioned, because uh, they are prone to getting sores underneath the blankets, uh, skin infections like dermatitis, um, basically uh, from trapping in moisture from condensation or uh, sweating if they're active at all. So. Um, Definitely be uh, careful about the weather changes and uh, don't be afraid to uh, take the blanket off or put it on depending on the weather. And uh, Dr. Gruber, we received lots of questions about whether or not you have to blanket. Do you have to blanket your horse? Um, no, you do not. Um, certainly, again, that there's a lot of variables like Dr. Cable mentioned that, to consider, but if your horse um, has a nice um, full winter coat, you have proper shelter available for that horse as well as their their body condition and um, and diets appropriate um, in most cases horses can tolerate fairly fairly cold weather um, so again uh, be attentive to those sorts of uh, factors and if your horse meets all those requirements in most cases at least here in in uh, North America you should be fine okay I have a question from for you, Dr. Gruber, and it's from Joe in Alabama. And Joe lives on the Alabama Gulf Coast, where is a place where you don't really think about cold weather, but they do get into the single digits with freezing rain sometimes. I, Joe has a 24-year-old Rocky Mountain horse mare who begins shivering uncontrollably when this does happen, despite blankets and giving her hay. Uh, what else can Joe do to help help uh, his mare not shiver in the freezing rain? Uh, sure, yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, I guess the, to answer that, I would um, want to know a few things about the horse. First of all, what's the, the horse's body condition like? Is that horse um, underweight? It could put on some extra pounds to provide some, some insulation. Also, too, um, is there any shelter available um, to that horse. Um, the blanket alone may not be enough to provide that horse the, the comfort they need. Um, and then we, we talked about the hair coat. Um, uh, what's the condition there? And, um, and ultimately, uh, those, the wet, wetter environments and the humid environments, I think, pose a, um, somewhat more of a risk for a lot of horses than maybe dry, arid climates. Um, and uh, and can therefore cause the horse to be more uncomfortable, even if the thermometer doesn't say it should be. So, 
Okay. So all those factors. I have a question for Dr. Cable uh, that is from Virginia, and she is in Ontario, Canada. And Virginia wants to know about her 20-year-old horse who is spending her first winter outside for health reasons. She can't be in the barn this winter. Uh, she has lots of weight going into winter uh, and always puts on a really good coat. Would she benefit, though, from a rain sheet on the really bad days? Dr. Cable, what would be your advice? My advice would be, at, you know, depending on the um, turnout situation she's at outside, um, if she has shelter, um, and and most importantly, if the, horse, if the horse does have shelter available, does she utilize the shelter on really bad days? But I wouldn't hesitate to put a, a you know a turnout rain sheet on the horse um, on bad days, especially when you're going to have wet precipitation and not just snow. Um, I think that's really important to, to that horse to be able to maintain its um its body weight during the winter since now it's getting older as well. And Dr. Gruber, I have a question from Amy in Georgia. And Amy has a horse that uh, she's owned. Um, this is the first year since she's owned the horse that she doesn't have a shelter or shed to go into on cold, rainy days. She's never blanketed the horse before. Should she because there isn't a shelter available? Um, yeah, certainly, um, again, based on the weather, if, if there is precipitation um, in the forecast, um, I would definitely err on caution and, and consider a blanket at that time to prevent the horse from getting wet. Um, if, there, if the horse's condition is less than adequate, um, that would be another factor to consider, putting a blanket on. Um, and... Um, Again, if the, the, the feed itself, the diet, is um, less than ideal as far as quantity or quality, um, a blanket should be considered to provide that horse a little more comfort. And what about trees as shelter? Is that adequate shelter for horses? Uh, it can be, yes. Um, it it, it kind of depends on the terrain, but um, uh, certainly uh, it can help prevent um, exposure to certain elements like windy days, things like that. So uh, certainly trees are, are uh, better than no shelter altogether. And I've known horses that will choose a tree before they go in their shelter. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, so, and, and, and two, groups of horses even managed together uh, can oftentimes uh, work work together, huddle together to try to maintain kind of a uh, somewhat of a body heat between the group. So they're, they're pretty smart at trying to use whatever they have available to stay warm on certain days. Okay, thank you. So uh, we're going to move into some nutrition questions and that we received ahead of time, but it looks like we're also getting a ton of nutrition-related questions coming in from the live audience. I I'm going to start with Dr. Cable, and we have a question from Roy in Minnesota, and Roy wants to know, what is your estimated increase of calories required for horses when temperatures uh, drop below a thermal neutral, neutral zone? Uh, we also have a question from Teresa in Medford, Oregon that's related, and Teresa wants to know if you recommend getting extra weight on your horse before the winter months come, uh, and if so, what is the best forage to help put on that weight? Uh, Dr. Cable, have a couple questions there for you. Absolutely. So we'll start with Roy's question, which is an excellent question. But I thought I'd, I thought I better start with explaining for anyone out there who doesn't know what a thermal neutral temperature is, or some people call it the critical temperature. So thermal neutral temperature is that temperature in which a horse does not have to expend any energy to maintain its normal body temperature. Um, so you can have temperatures that go above the thermoneutral zone, obviously when it's really hot outside, and they have to dilate their blood vessels or they have to sweat um, to keep themselves cool. And then, of course, we're talking about winter, so we're going to be thinking about colder temperatures where horses have to um, change their metabolic processes in order to generate heat. Um, and then you fluff their hair coat out and get warm. Um, and so the question is fantastic because a lot of people think that in the winter time, if they're cold, they'll just feed more grain. And I just want to make the point that we always recommend that if you're, um, if you're going into winter to help the horse maintain its body temperature, that you feed more hay because that actually is a much more efficient process for horses to use to generate their own heat. Um, digestion in the hind gut 
is really efficient at generating heat for horses. And if you've ever been in a barn, when it's cold outside, once all the doors are closed and you have a lot of horses that are munching their hay, it can really be a comfortable um, temperature when all those horses are generating all that heat. Yeah, those nice toasty barns are nice (laughs) with all the horses in there. (laughs) So so just so we go back to the thermoneutral temperature, that temperature is a little bit variable for each horse. Um, Young horses are going to have much higher thermoneutral temperatures baseline than adult horses. And and so you also have to take into consideration the body condition of the horse. Um, does the horse live outside and is it working you know, for a living? Is it exercising on a regular basis? But most people think that the thermoneutral temperature is somewhere between um, 10 degrees and 40 degrees Fahrenheit. But again, it's a little bit variable. Um, but we're just going to, as a general example, we're going to use 40 degrees Fahrenheit with a horse in good body condition to start with. And what we, the best rule of thumb I found is that for every 10 degree drop in that temperature, so now you go from 40 to 30 degrees, you're going to need to increase the um, pounds of hay per horse um, by about um, two pounds per day. Um, and that's the best rule of thumb I have to tell you how much more you need to feed. And so again, we really like you to increase the hay amount rather than the grain amount to help these horses maintain their body heat. Okay. And what about Teresa's question with uh, getting the horse a little chubby before winter hits? Is that something you recommend? Yeah, I always like to see horses uh, a little bit on the plump side, but I certainly don't want them to get obese because obesity has its own set of problems and conditions. So as long as they can maintain a good general body condition score going into winter, I certainly especially don't like to see older geriatric horses thin before they get into winter because it's really, really difficult for, especially for old horses to put on weight during the winter time if you're going to have a significant winter like we have in the northern part of North America. Okay. And so, Dr. Gruber, we have another question. Uh, and, uh, Dr. Cable has talked about the importance of forage and hay for our horses to help keep them warm. Uh, but we have a question that came in from Sandy in Kansas, and she has a 34-year-old mare who can't chew hay anymore uh, and just picks it up in big clumps and puts it down. Are there any forage products that can help her horse and that she can feed over the winter? Uh, yeah, so so Sandy, there are a couple options. Um, uh, first off, I mean, 34-year-old horse, I, I have the feeling I know, uh, I know what you're dealing with. There's probably... Um, lack of any teeth um, for that horse, but uh, it may be worth um, having a dental exam done just to just to make sure there's nothing that um, we can do to kind of help that horse um, utilize what uh, he or she does have for teeth. But um, to answer your question, um, uh, if 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 hay or uh, common forages that we use are not uh, able to be utilized by the horse. Um, we start thinking about things like pelleted feet or cubes um, to try to provide these horses what they need. Um, fat, fiber, and, and, and protein are really the most important things you should look at when, when selecting a feed. And there are many types of complete feeds out there, pelleted feeds that these older guys can um, use to, um, and, and can process easier um, to help keep their weight on. So, um, Again, the, the assuring that the, the feed itself is readily available and accessible for the horse is the most important thing. Uh, beet pulp's another uh, example of a, uh, of a feed that's easily accessible to most horses and provides a, uh, a fair amount of fiber to their diet. So like Dr. Cable mentioned, the fiber uh, is quite beneficial, especially in the hindgut or colon of the horse to to help uh, produce energy and provide that horse the what they need. Okay. And we have a couple of questions that I'm going to toss over to Dr. Cable, and they have to do with brand mashes. The first is from Kat in Virginia, and Kat has a 13-year-old Polish Arab who's in great shape and is an easy keeper, but this is his first real winter in real cold. And Kat wants to know if she should make him a brand mash on really cold mornings or do anything special for him. Um, that's different from what she would do for younger horses. A related question is from Paula, uh, Paula in Florida, who says that she's heard that it's no longer recommended to give bran mashes uh, during the winter to, to prevent colic. And so she has been feeding beet pulp instead. What do you think about not feeding bran mashes? So we have a question that's about 
should I and a question about shouldn't I. What are your thoughts okay. down the table? <laughs> Absolutely. So, Kat, thanks for your question. Um, I don't necessarily think you need to make him a brand mash on really cold mornings. You certainly can. It won't hurt him, and it's, the horse will probably really enjoy it, having a nice warm meal like that. You could also just add warm water to the Oh, and it really and Dr. Cable, we are we are losing you. And I think I'm going to ask Dr. Gruber to take the question. And Dr. Cable, sure. if you could call us back using your cell phone, that would be fine. Okay, thank you. So, Dr. Gruber, you get to jump in on this one. Brand mashes, yes or no? Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think they're they have their place. Um, at the end of the day, I don't think it really prevents the horse. Um, from developing colic, um, but again, it's a way like we talked about with uh, Sandy's horse, the the old the old mare that um, we can provide some nutrients to that horse that are e more easily accessible. So, so yes, I I, I uh, often recommend the owners, but I don't believe it has a significant in impact in preventing colic. Okay, and Dr. Gruber, we have received several questions live about keeping horses hydrated during the winter uh, and I have a question that was submitted ahead of time from Karen in Louisiana and Karen wants to know if it's a good idea to add a little salt to your horse's diet in the winter to make sure that they drink more water. Is that something you suggest to your clients? Yes I do and, and generally um, one as a rule of thumb one to two tablespoons per day per horse is is adequate. Okay um, and do you have any other suggestions for helping people keep their horses hydrated? Um, special attention to the waters themselves is, are important. Um, people often overlook the, the temperature of the water and um, I think that's uh, very critical for horses um, and all livestock in that um, uh, in general um, uh, if, if it is below freezing and the water the water uh, temperature is close to that point. Um, ho horses and cattle both are are less likely to um, aggressively drink. So, generally speaking, we like to warm that that temperature up a few degrees above freezing. Um, so, like around 45 degrees Fahrenheit, or uh, in our case, up up here, probably uh, four or five degrees Celsius um, is ideal. But um, Water is very important and should be available, uh, in my opinion, continuously. Snow and ice, if it's, if it's in the environment, um, does not provide them enough water. And, uh, in fact, uh, eating snow or ice, which horses will do at times, often uh, requires that they burn more energy um, trying to utilize that than they would if they were just drinking water out of a trough. So... Uh, yes, very important, and uh, ultimately it can uh, really uh, help prevent development of impactions or other types of colic. Okay, thank you. And I think Dr. Cable is back with us. Are you there? I'm here. Hi, welcome back. <laughs> the next question is for you. Um, we have a question from Raz, who is on, in Ontario, Canada. We have lots of Canadians with us today. <laughs> um, All right. I think because it's very cold up there from what I hear. Um, the question is, are there any side effects from horses that graze in the pasture when it's frozen? And I have another frozen pasture question from Peg in Michigan, and she wants to know if turning a horse out in the early morning on frosty grass can cause any harm. Um, do you have any comments on that, Dr. Cable? Yes. I think these are both great questions, and they're questions that I get asked frequently in the beginning of winter. Um, and most of the time, horses can eat frosted grass and do okay. But we, um, and anecdotally, I'll, the first frost or two of the year, I will see, you know, gas colics and problems for horses that are left to graze on the frosty grass for hours and hours, like when you have a cold day and the frost doesn't burn off from the sunshine. Um, but we're learning now more that when um, grass is stressed, you know, by being, um, chewed down to the ground or by frozen, um, it concentrates sugar. So you can have problems for horses that are allowed unlimited access to frozen pasture that maybe have a tendency to have foundered or they foundered in the past. They can get more sugar in, you know, intake from the stressed frozen grass that's so full of sugar, um, and so it can lead to problems if it happens over and over again. So I like to tell people if they're used to being 
horses are used to being turned out with a grazing muzzle just because the grass is frozen or has frost on it, don't take the grazing muzzle off. A lot of people think that once you have a frost, it kills the grass and then it's sort of neutral, and that's not necessarily the case. Um, So I just like people to be really careful with that or maybe hold the horses in for a couple hours until um, the frost has melted and you're back to just, you know, kind of moist pasture. Okay. And Dr. Cable, we have a question that's related that's come in from our live audience. Cindy mm-hmm. in Michigan wants to know about her horse with Cushing's. Can a Cushing's horse be turned out on pasture during the winter? And I think this is kind of related to what we were just talking about. Uh, the horse receives a full dose of percent to manage the Cushing's. What What are your suggestions on that? Well, my... Um Thanks for the question. My question to you is if he's, if he's managed on percent, has your horse had any laminitis or founder attacks in the past? And is there, you know, a lot of Cushing's horses can be complicated with metabolic syndrome. And, of course, the metabolic syndrome horses are very sensitive to sugar and starch content. And so I would be, I really would talk to their veterinarian at home who's going to know more details about the horse, about the possibility of any complications arising from the horse, you know, um, going out on pasture in the winter. Okay. And I think uh, our next question, Dr. Cable just answered, um, but I'm going to toss it over to Dr. Gruber and see if he has any additional comments. It's from Beth in Kentucky, and Beth wants to know if now that we've now that they've had a good frost in Kentucky, uh, can she go ahead and take off those grazing muddle, muzzles? Do you have any any additional suggestions to what Dr. Cable has already shared? Uh, not not really. I think I think she uh, she made good points there and. And I, I think you do need to be cautious um, with these guys, especially uh, if they've had a history of laminitis, um, uh, because they will, uh, the, the high the sugar content is a risk for them. The other thing I think to point out too, um, with um, kind of off the subject, but related to winter pastures is that a lot of times uh, uh, as these grasses, even if you have still high grass in these fields, um, and uh, begins to deteriorate or die off, winter kill, so to speak, um, you tend to get uh, higher fiber content that makes it harder uh, to break down in the gut compared to those same grasses earlier in the season. So, uh, again, back to some of the questions you've had related to water and diet. Um, if you have a horse that's managed exclusively on a winter pasture, and uh, that's their diet, um, you may find that um, they work, their gut is working harder to try to break down that uh, stemmier dried grass, and they can be more prone to uh, impactions and other types of cocks because of that. So um, be careful that uh, they may not be getting all the nutrients they need um, based on pasture alone. And Dr. Gruber, we have a question from Jan, who's also in Ontario, Canada. I told you there's we have mm-hmm. we have a huge Canadian uh, audience tonight. And Jan wants to know how much water a horse should be offered during the winter turnout during the day. Do you have an amount that you recommend the horse should be drinking? Um, not a specific amount. To me, it, it should be free choice um, all the time because every horse is going to be a little bit different, and again, the, the type of uh, diet, specific type of diet may require more or less depending on um, the situation. So I would always have it available. Okay. And we have a question from our live audience, and I'm going to give to you, Dr. Cable. It's from Laura in Oswego, New York. And Laura has a seven-year-old Connemara pony mare who is currently a healthy weight. She wants to know if giving her mare Timothy or alfalfa pellets are as effective as giving hay to produce heat. Do you have any comments? Absolutely. Um, so thanks for the question. And I prefer um, regular forage rather than hay pellets. Um, you know, the horse is going to spend a lot of time breaking down um, good quality hay, and the pellets are going to be a much shorter fiber source. So potentially they're not going to generate as much heat. So they're perfectly fine to supplement if your horse needs a little bit extra, but I'd still like their main fiber source in the wintertime to be just regular hay, you know, grass hay. The Timothy is wonderful in our area. So okay. I would stick with that. 
And Dr. Cable, I have another question about nutrition from Jackie in Ontario. And Jackie wants to know how important it is to get hay testing done before winter sets in. Is there a best time of year to have your hay tested? I think the best time of year to get your hay tested is right after or either right before you acquire it. It can be a little tricky to get the hay tested before, um, but certainly once you've gotten your hay source for the winter, whenever you get it into your hay loft or tucked away, then that's the best time to get it analyzed. I wouldn't wait until winter time. But that way, if you have any special needs horses in the barn, say horses that have metabolic syndrome or are cushionoid, or you're having um, weight issues that they're not um, thriving like they should on their diet, you can use the hay analysis and talk with your veterinarian and make feeding recommendations based on that. So I would not wait for winter. As soon as you get it, go ahead and get it sent off and analyzed. And we have a question that's come in from our live audience. Kim in South Carolina is asking if you, either one of you has any tips for keeping horses from destroying or chewing on blankets when, when they're blanketed for the winter. And Dr. Cable, since you laughed, I, I'm going to think that you, you might have a suggestion. <laughs> I, I don't have any great suggestions. If you have a horse that's a, a blanket destroyer, it can be really frustrating. But if they are, you know, if it's truly the individual horse and not its friends in the paddock, um, they're destroying the blankets, then you know, I think you really need to look and see why that's happening. Does the horse is uncomfortable? Is it rubbing? Sometimes I find the polar fleece wraps, which I love to wear every day, they're so soft and comfortable, they create a lot of static electricity under the blankets, and maybe that's very annoying to the horse. Um, but, you know, just take a really good look. But I find, like, with my own horses, it's usually not themselves. It's their friends playing tag with, you know, each other out in the paddock. That's what destroys on blankets the most. Okay. And, Dr. Gruber, do you have any comments to add? Any secret tricks? Habanero sauce, definitely. <laughs> I'm not sure how well it works uh, below freezing, but uh, it is something that you can use. We use it on bandages every now and then. Yeah. Something spicy so they don't want to bite that blanket. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we are moving on to our general questions about winter care. And Dr. Cable, I'm going to give you the first one, and it comes in from Costa Mesa, California. It's Cherie in Costa Mesa. And she has a horse on stall rest because of a suspensory ligament tear. And when the weather's cold, the horse gets very stiff. Is there anything that Cherie can do to help keep her horse from being so stiff while on stall rest during the winter? Sure. Well, if your horse is normally stiff in the wintertime, and now she's laid up for a ligament injury, then that's really tough because being confined tends to make horses stiff in general. Um, and I don't know the particulars of your horse's injury or what the rehab is, but I would certainly recommend you speak to your veterinarian, and um, depending on how much exercise or hand-walking she's getting, potentially you can, instead of just doing one time a day um, exercise, whatever that is at this point in time, maybe you can break it up and do three or four shorter periods of time. That would be the only recommendation I can really give you right now. So she recovers from her injury and she can get out more. Okay, thank you. Dr. Gruber, I have a question from Nicole in Pennsylvania, and Nicole has a horse that wind sucks or cribs as soon as fall hits. He seems to get stressed out when he's in a herd, so normally she keeps him separate and pasture him alone uh, once the grass goes, grow, goes away. No other horses on the farm wind suck. Is it stress that's causing this? Um, he has lost weight and just doesn't seem to be himself during the fall or winter, but springs back to his normal self once spring rolls around. What could be going on with this horse? Well, it's, a, it's an interesting question. Um, so, Nicole, I guess, you know, the, fir the first thing I would uh, ask is, um, uh, you know, if there's any more, any, any more problems that you're exhibiting or seeing with this horse, um, the weight loss, uh, along with the cribbing, um, certainly are concerns. And and one of the questions I'd have is, um, when the horse uh, coming fall, does the diet change at that time? And do you see a, a correlation or relationship um, with uh, a diet change at that time and the frequency of wind sucking? Certainly some horses that um, develop that be or become accustomed to wind sucking or cribbing, just uh, continually do it but uh, throughout their life. But stress is a, is a factor, and um, it could go back to um, how well that horse can tolerate the climate and the, 
in a temperature. So um, it may be worth uh, exploring uh, different management practices such as um, blanketing or, or shelters, things we've kind of talked about already this evening. Um, the other thing you may want to consider is, is that this horse could indeed have uh, um, uh, gastric ulcers or stomach ulcers and and um, it's something that uh, may be potentiated by the type of diet they're on at that time of the year. So uh, I would consider having the horse examined by your veterinarian and um, that would be one of the things I would be curious about investigating. And um, if there is a concern with that, then it may be as simple as, uh, or the solution may be as simple as uh, a diet change from what he or she is currently on. And, uh, for example, uh, switching from a grass hay to an alfalfa-based hay that time of year may solve it. So, so there are a few things to consider, and um, my advice would be uh, to, to have your veterinarian take a closer look at this horse and, uh, and rule out anything serious going on. Okay. Thanks, Dr. Gruber. We have a question for Dr. Cable, and Dr. Cable, this is a bit of a tough one. Any of us who have cared for older horses have had to consider this in the fall going into winter. This is from Nancy in New York, and Nancy has several very old horses. Some are completely blind. Every year she agonizes over whether or not to keep the horses over the winter or whether or not it would be kinder to put them down. She wants to be able to bury the horses on her land if they die during the cold winter. Uh, however, you know the ground is hard and it can be impossible to create a grave. It's a tough decision for her and she's looking for some input. What, what do you have to, to share with Nancy? So Nancy, thanks for your question. I'm sure this was a difficult question for you to write. Um, and I really feel for you. I've been in your situation before, and every fall um, we have several clients who are in the exact same position that you are in, and it, it, we all agonize over what's the right decision. Um, the first thing is hopefully you have a veterinarian locally that you can talk to and that you have a good rapport with so that you can um, get some feedback from them because I, I can't see your horses and see what condition are in. But that, to me, is one of the most important things is what kind of body condition are these old horses in. You said you, some of your horses are completely blind and sometimes total blindness is enough to warrant euthanasia. The horses aren't coping well with that. But if they are coping and they're in um, an environment that doesn't change, other horses can be fine blind. Um, but I think the most important factor is do they have any health conditions that are, are going to deteriorate potentially over the winter? Um, you live in Johnson, New York. That can be a really bitterly cold part of the world to be in, so it gets really hard for these old guys to maintain their body condition. So if you have a horse that's slipping in body condition and maybe is getting like some geriatric horses that get really finicky with their food and they don't really eat very well, they have sore teeth or they don't have any teeth at all and so it's so hard to feed them, um, then it really want to think about maybe it is time, you know, to put them to sleep before you run into a crisis situation and then they have to be euthanized and then you're not able to bury them on, on your property. Um, I had the exact same situation with a, a beloved horse that I'd had since I was a kid and he got to be 34 and was really starting to deteriorate and I had a really hard time making that decision. Um, and, um, and so, but I had my husband to talk to, who's also a veterinarian, and some other people that helped me out with that situation. So I hope that you have someone you can talk to that can help, you know, evaluate it from a non-emotional point of view and help you make this really tough decision. Yeah, that is a is a tough one. Um, thank you, Dr. Cable. Uh, Dr. Gruber? We have a question from Renee in Colorado, and we've already talked about horse ears getting cold and frostbite. Uh, but Renee is in Colorado and just purchased a horse who moved to the state and has had its ears completely clipped before she bought it. Um, it's not good for horses in Colorado because it does get pretty cold. Her horses are in shelters. Does she need to make any special provisions for this new horse to keep him from suffering frostbite? Because horses can lose their ears to frostbite. Um, until the hair grows back. What suggestions do you have for Renee? Uh, yeah, so so Renee, I think in general, you, realistically, you're probably going to be, or your horse is probably going to be just fine, but um, as long as a horse does have adequate shelter, um, that's usually sufficient enough. But um, other things to consider, and we talked about this before too, is uh, 
Um, if the horse has a good winter coat otherwise and a nice thick full mane, that can help provide some protection to the ears. And then certainly um, uh, providing a, a winter mask or cover um, is, is an option. But again, um, if you go that route, um, just be mindful to um, check check the area, check those areas underneath the blanket closely on a really a daily basis to make sure you're not getting any sores. But in general, uh, frostbite in horses, although it does happen um, and it's most common in years, it's it's generally um, uh, pretty rare down in this area, especially uh, especially in Colorado and and uh, here in Calgary as well. I'm trying to picture, Dr. Gruber, what horse earmuffs look like. <laughs> I don't know that I've seen any. Yeah. Um, but definitely a challenge to keep those ears warm if you need to. Yeah, and, um, you know, I guess not specifically muffs, but uh, uh, blank, blankets themselves, masks. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so, uh, Dr. Cable, we have a question that came in from North Carolina, and it is about whether or not um, you can use or should use agricultural lime in a stall that gets moist from urine spots and when the horses are stabled during the winter. Do you have any suggestions on managing ammonia in stalls? Sure. Um, The question was, you know, can you use agriculture lime? Um, And just to be clear, agriculture lime or barn lime is calcium carbonate. And you absolutely can use it over those moist urine spots. But I think you have to be aware that um, you have to absolutely get all of the wet bedding. And if you're on a dirt floor, you really need to be able to remove any wet dirt areas as well or dry them out. You can use the lime. Um, Quite frankly, um, most of my clients, the vast majority of them use sweet PDZ, and we think that works better. Okay, thank you. And we have a question that's come in um, back to nutrition, and I'm going to give this to Dr. Gruber. Linda in Maine wants to know um, about her barn where she keeps her horse. Uh, They aren't consistent about uh, where they get their hay hay from, and so the hay can come from different locations or different distributors throughout the weekend. Can this cause problems for horses during the winter? It certainly can. Um, uh, again, back to the quality of hay and and um, uh, how well the horse can utilize the hay, um, it can put them at a higher risk. So I would um, I would certainly be talking to the, the the barn managers and and get a good assessment of the hay because uh, change changes in diets, especially quick changes in diets associated with uh, um, drastic changes in weather. Um, can all play factors in development of colic in horses. So, yeah, I would be concerned, and I, I would uh, try to pay closer attention to to uh, the consistency between the different haze they get. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Gruber. We're now going to move on to exercise and turnout. We are at... Um, looks like 5.55 almost. We are going to go a little bit longer because we got a little bit of a late start. Uh, So expect us to go for 10 minutes after the hour, uh, wherever you are. We're on lots of different time zones. Uh, We're going to go into exercise and turnout during the winter. And we've had a question come in from Katie in Minnesota. This is from the live audience. And Katie wants to know if there's anything special she should do for her horse who has osteoarthritis during the winter. I, the horse is 25 years old and stays in a large paddock where he can move around. Dr. Cable, do you have any recommendations for horses with arthritis when it gets cold out? Absolutely. So the tendency for a lot of horses when it gets cold, especially if you have a lot of snow or you just have hay in one area, is that they tend to, even in a large area, will tend to just huddle around the food or the, or the water. Um, and so I think it's good to mix it up where your horse eats so that he can get a little bit of passive exercise. When horses are grazing in the summertime, they'll just move constantly throughout the day, um, going to their favorite spots or picking out the best grass. And in the wintertime, they'll just, you know, sit in one place and eat their hay. So really try and mix it up with your horse so that he can move around because when they stand in one spot all the time, they really do tend to get stiff, especially when they have arthritis. Okay, thank you. And we have another question for you, Dr. Cable, and it came in from Marcy, who's in Ferndale, New York. And Marcy wants to know if there is a temperature below which it's too cold to ride your horse. So is there a a cutoff point where you shouldn't be exercising your horse because it's too cold? And if there is, uh, can you explain the reasons for that? 
Sure. And Marcy, thanks for this excellent question. And I get asked this frequently in the bitter part of winter here in New York from January when it's absolutely miserable outside. And so there is no exact temperature that says, okay, at this temperature you can't ride a horse or you shouldn't ride a horse. We just sort of use guidelines and I'll um, let you know my personal guidelines. And it's going to be different depending on Ride, what type of riding do you do? Do you just go out on a five or ten minute trail ride? Or are you doing maximal exercise? Are you jumping? Are you going to get the horse sweaty? Um, so there's a lot of variables to take into consideration. But one of the um, guidelines that I use is once here in New York it gets below 10 degrees, um, I really don't recommend that you do much exercise. Of course, it's okay if the horses are turned out and they trot around a little on their own or if you want to get on the horse and do some light exercise, maybe five, ten minutes of just walking in a little trot. But if you're going to do maximal exercise with the horse and it's that cold, there's actually just a little bit of research that's coming down the pike now that suggests that um, several days after maximal exercise and temperatures below zero, that it actually creates a lot of inflammatory cells and is um, not good for the lungs and potentially could even lead to um, long-term lower airway disease in the horse much later on. We know there's a, a good correlation between humans who exercise in the very cold weather and cold weather-induced asthma. Um, that's not um, um, it's a, a noticeable link between horses because of their size and cold weather, but we do worry about this going to cause problems later on. Okay. And Dr. Gruber, do you have any recommendations up there in Alberta? Well, um, I think one thing is interesting is um, a number of years back, there was actually a, a study done on standard bred horses um, in Sweden, and they com- what they did is they took um, horses that were at basically summertime temperature or acclimated to that. Um, and were body clipped and and put them basically a, a chamber where they could adjust the the temperature and measured several several different uh, vital signs on these horses um, uh, blood levels lactate levels and all that and found that um, whether a horse was um, being exercised at around 17 degrees Celsius which is around I believe 62 degrees Fahrenheit or all the way down to minus 25 degrees Celsius, um, which is, I believe, 13 degrees below zero Fahrenheit, that there really was no um, uh, change as far as uh, vital signs or parameters were concerned on these horses. So I thought that was quite an interesting study at the time, and, and it's, um, it goes to show you the, um, the versatility of horses and, and what they can be put through. Kind of closer to home here, though, um, uh, I will say this: the uh, the Calgary Mounted Police Unit here in here in town, um, their kind of rule of thumb or guideline is that they will not um, go to work or go to service if it's below minus 20 degrees Celsius. So, I'm not sure if that's uh, for the horses or for the patrolmen. <laughs> I don't know. That yeah. sounds really cold to me. <laughs> Um, and Dr. Gruber, we have another question for you. It's uh, from Becky in Twin Bridges, Montana, and she has a question about heated arenas. And I have to say, a heated arena to me sounds like a great luxury. Um, but she wants to know, when winter hits, she has to go to lots of indoor events, and sometimes they're in these heated arenas. How do you best cool off your horse for the cold ride home in the horse trailer after a sweaty workout in a heated arena? Which, again, I have to say, sounds like a big luxury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Becky, I, I hear you, and uh, we're we're, um, we're definitely accustomed to indoor arenas, heated indoor arenas up here. And um, I, to answer your question, I think um, uh, the most important thing is that um, uh, you give these guys adequate time to cool down, uh, you know, unsaddle them, untack them, and, and allow them to dry off while they're still in that heated barn, um, and, you know, taking towels, brushing them out, everything you can do to try to get them as dry as quick as you can um, before you before you take them back out into the into the harsh cold and especially uh, it's important when considering trailering these horses um, going from a warm arena where and um, uh, if they're all sweat lathered up or sweaty and throwing them into a, a cold horse trailer and heading down the road can be quite hard on these guys so so take your time um, plan on Plan on sticking around um, after you after you show or after your practice, and 
giving these guys the time to dry off. Um, if he if he can provide a a, a clean uh, blanket to um, haul them home on and and manage them that evening, that would be ideal. Okay. And we have a question that's come in from Carol in Colorado that's along the same lines, and it's from our live audience. And Carol says, I ride all winter, and sometimes the horses do get sweaty. What's the best way to cool and dry them before putting them back out in their 150-acre pasture? Dr. Cable, do you have any additional recommendations for cooling out horses? Um, I pretty much recommend what Dr. Gruber was talking about. Um, you just have to, If they're not clipped, you just really have to take your time and get them completely dry before you turn them back out. Otherwise, they could really easily get cold or chilled and then, you know, be shivering for a long period of time. But just really need to take your time and use towels to try and get them as dry as possible. Okay. And do you recommend putting coolers on the horses or under their blankets until they're dry? Absolutely, yeah. You can just put a cooler on it first, and then once they start to uh, get back to normal body temperature, you can put a blanket on top of it to help them um, stay warm and not get chilled. Okay. Dr. Cable, we have a question from Sherry in North Carolina, and she wants to know what's the best way to warm your horse up for a barrel race when it when the ground is cold and frozen. She says the arena we run in is fine, uh, but the warm-up pen ground is hard because of the cool cold temperatures. Do you have any concerns about horses on frozen ground? I sure do, and thanks, Sherry, for the question. Um, I think that's really tough, and hopefully in there in North Carolina you don't have too many days where the ground is frozen solid, but I think you have to really be careful when the ground is, is frozen because if you're in a, a pen where horses have been exercising, you're going to have ruts and divots, and when they're frozen, they're really unforgiving on the horse's feet and on their legs in general where you, they can really torque themselves and injure themselves. So I think you have to be really careful about your warm-up and try mostly to warm up at the walk and see if there isn't a smoother area, a more forgiving area where you can do a little bit more to practice um, circling the barrels and get them warmed up and get ready to run. Okay. Um, Dr. Gruber, I have a question for you um, from Leanne, and Leanne is in Connecticut and wants to know, um, she says, my horse has to be in the stall much longer during the winter months and during the summer. Is eight hours of turnout a day adequate for horses? Uh, yeah, Leanne. So, in general, yes, I think eight hours is is uh, adequate. But um, one thing that's uh, important for these guys, especially on really cold days, is that they do get some activity. Um, too often, I think we see horses that um, just kind of sulk and 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 stand out in a in a cold environment and and um, do not move around much. And that can be hard, not only on uh, uh, their GI tract and their ability to digest and break down their feed material, but we often see these horses, um, especially up in in this area around Calgary, we'll see these horses, uh, and they tend to be middle aged or older geldings that um, are inactive for for a period of time during the day. They start developing a lot of edema or stocking up uh, in their in their legs, and it can even develop into their sheath and and it's not uncommon for for us to get called out to see a horse with uh, a very large swollen sheath and uh, owners concerned as to the cause of that and and it's it it boils down to these horses are are not active enough and um just like stocking up they're prone to issues like this so in general to answer your question 8 hours i believe is adequate but um uh, you should also determine that based on how much activity this horse is. Is the horse in full work or is the horse um, uh, completely off at this time and you're not using it? Okay. Thank you. And Dr. Cable, we have a question from Patty in Illinois. And Patty has a 23-year-old thoroughbred that she's had since he was three years old and he's still quite energetic. He's in all-day turnout and has ridden three times a week a week, he's often quite full of himself, and we ride quite a bit outdoors on trails and open fields. She wants to know if she should pace the horse or let him pace himself, because he likes to go for a long time. What are your recommendations? So, um, we find that commonly, if older thoroughbreds that are in you know pretty good health and don't have significant musculoskeletal injuries, they'll still be 
and still be nice and spunky, even though they're getting into their 20s. And I don't think thoroughbreds are very good at pacing themselves at all. So I usually encourage people to pace them. Um, and, you know, obviously if you see, start seeing tired, you know, um, be prepared to start ending your exercise. Um, that if the temperature is very cold, it goes back to what we talked about before. I just really worry, are they getting cold outside? If he's getting sweaty, is he going to get chilled by the time you're done with the exercise? And you didn't say in your question whether you're riding them in an indoor or an outdoor. I think it's really important if you're outside to be very careful about where you're riding as far as if you have a lot of snow on the ground. Because those horses, if you're, it's beautiful to go on a trail ride through the deep snow, but it's, if you've ever tried to walk in it without snowshoes, it can be really exhausting. And I've had a couple of horses that have gone out on nice trail rides and come back with both tendons because the the riders didn't realize just how much they were exerting themselves in the deep snow. So you just need to be really careful um, about where you're riding outside. Uh, that's something really to think about when you're out there galloping in the snow. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Um, Dr. Gruber, we have a question from Paige in Ohio. She has just uh, acquired a horse that's 100 pounds overweight and would like to put the horse in an exercise program to lose a bit of weight this winter. How would you recommend exercising the mare uh, when it's cold out? Uh, well, having the horse a little overweight uh, going into the winter, or uh, in this case, a bit more than a little overweight, um, uh, is certainly more ideal than the other way, um, having this horse too thin. But um, uh, as far as, I guess, just talking about nutrition first, as far as nutrition goes and diet, um, this horse may not uh, or should not probably be on a free choice hay during this during the wintertime where other horses, um, a lot of people will go to kind of a, a free choice uh, feeding um, if they're able to. Um, the other thing, too, is um, just like any time of the year, other types of feeds like concentrates or grain or oats um, should probably be avoided in this horse just to prevent um, uh, secondary problems like laminitis or founder. So um, diet's important, but um, you may have to err on uh, being conservative um, compared to um, uh, going free choice for this horse. As far as activity goes, um, uh, really, uh, in general, um, the amount of activity shouldn't shouldn't vary depending on the time of year. If the horse needs to go on uh, uh, an exercise program, whether it's February or, or May, um, that shouldn't be a problem. Okay. And so the last section of questions we're going to get to are about hoof care during the winter, and we only have a couple minutes left, but I want to ask for both of your opinions, and we'll start with Dr. Gruber. Um, we have a question from Kim asking, actually Kim, eh, Kim is in Nashville, Tennessee, and then we had Sherry who is in Missouri, and they both want to know if horses should have shoes on during the winter or should they come off. Dr. Gruber, do you have any recommendations? Yeah, I think in making that decision, you should uh, think about a couple things, and that is um, how how much is this horse going to be used during the winter? Um, is a horse in full work, or is a horse going to be off all winter? Uh, secondly, um, what um, what kind of surface will the horse be working on if if they are going to be exercised? Are they going to be in the arena, or are they going to be out um, outside on trails, things like that? Um, the quality of the horse's, the individual horse's foot is also important. Um, some horses are uh, more flat-footed or drop sole and can be more prone to things like sole bruising. Um, and what we find is that a lot of times these horses, when they're on hard frozen ground for a long period of time and they're barefoot, um, they can be prone to lameness. And it's not uncommon, especially up in our area, to have Horses develop mild uh, laminitis during the winter, uh, secondary to what we would call mechanical founder, but it's basically the same as road founder. Um, these horses are on hard frozen ground, and they just cannot get away from it, and uh, and uh, it causes them uh, to develop uh, inflammation and and laminitis. Uh, but uh, the other factor I would consider in making the decision is. Um, Again, if the horse is going to be in work during the winter, um, the, the type of traction the horse is going to need to do 
their job. So um, whether it's borium that you put on the shoe um, or ice nails, this horse may need something on their feet to provide them the stability in the conditions um, uh, compared to going barefoot. Okay. And Dr. Cable, do you have anything to add? Not very much. Dr. Gruber pretty much covered it all perfectly. The only thing um, I would add is um, if the horse is going to be out in outside for a long period of time um, or just out in a paddock in conditions where you have a lot of snow, it might be nice to put some snow pads on to protect them from getting um, the ice balls in their foot, which can be really uncomfortable and have horses standing at you know, odd angles for long periods of time. And how do those snow pads work, Dr. Cable? Well, there's a couple different types of snow pads. Um, my favorite is actually an insert that goes on the inside of the shoe, kind of like a rim pad that sticks out. And it just helps prevent the buildup of snow and ice on the bottom of the foot and makes it a lot easier to remove as the horse is walking around or for you to be able to pick out. The other type is the classic bump-out pad that you can put on that's supposed to same principle supposed to help keep the ice and snow from collecting, but I think the rim pads work a little bit better. Plus, um, with the bump-out pads, they're full pads, and so they cover up the entire bottom of the foot, and it's not easy to clean out the bottom foot, so they're more predisposed to thrush by having the whole foot covered um, in the wintertime, whereas the rim pad, you can still get to the bottom of the foot and help keep it dry and free of dirt and debris and help prevent thrush. Okay. Well, thank you. Well, we are at the end of our time for tonight. I want to thank everyone who's listening for joining us. Uh, thank you for everyone who sent in questions live and also uh, who sent in questions ahead of time. We, I thought these were just some really, really great questions, and I know I learned some things from both you, Dr. Cable and Dr. Gruber. Thank you for joining us uh, and sharing your expertise. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. you. I also want to thank our sponsor who brought this live event to everyone for free. That's Sweet PDZ Stall Freshener. If you'd like to listen to this audio again, you'll find it archived on thehorse.com, probably within about 24 hours. We also have thousands of articles, videos, and resources on there that you can search for to help you better take care of your horse this winter. So thank you, everyone, and good night.